Blog Talk Radio. Talk Radio. My name is Stacy Webb, and I am with BackInTime.biz. Um, we are a publishing company, and we publish um, and have in the past several books uh, concerning mixed blood families of early American history. Um, we have several selections that were written um, by uh, Professor Sweet on the uh, laws of the color line. Um, as well as Carolina Genesis, which was a book that was written a few years ago, and I contributed uh, to that book, um, concerning the migrational patterns of, of some of these groups. Um, but today we're going to talk about, we had a go, we are writing a book called The Goins Book, and we have um, collectively gotten together uh, as authors and um academia as well, and um, we're writing chapters on our particular family of Goins. As, um, as if you are Goins descendant or you um, have Goins in your family, you're probably pretty familiar with the fact that um, these families were, some Goins families were 
early Virginia uh, Jamestown um, indentured servants or and or considered um, Portuguese slaves that came off of a slave ship, uh, according to Tim Hashaw, who has written quite a, a, a lot on uh, the John Gawain or Gawain family. Now, this this goes, I'm just going to start out that this, we did DNA testing um, because the families are so intermarried and followed one another from such an early period of time in the mid-1600s or early 1600s all the way into the Republic of Texas, Louisiana, Texas, Mississippi, Georgia. We were also together in Tennessee and things that um, these families are really hard to put back together in some of our generations. Um, so we did DNA testing initially for our group of red bone Goenses. Now, this group consisted of a large Goens family in western Louisiana, and they spread out a little bit and, and were crossing over in between this neutral zone between it was called the neutral zone or no man's land and and they were pushing themselves over into Texas and um settling there um whenever it was still part of, of Spain. Um we have some documentation that shows the earliest Goins was there um with it by by the late eight by the late eight seventeen eighties. Um John Goins was and James Goins were two of the earliest settlers in Louisiana. Um, so they were, you know, documented with the Spanish land claims. However, we got separated up and, and some of the families did not recognize one another. We knew we were related. We just did not know how. And so we did DNA testing initially so that we might compare to one another and find out whether we are related or not related. And how it came down was, we had a descendant from the Jeremiah Goins line, and we had a descendant from the William Moses line, and we had a Goins from Simon Goins line of Texas, and that also includes Hadley Goins, and then we had another line uh, the Oscar Goins line, which would have been William Collins Goins line. Now, we, when we got the the test results back, um, we were quite surprised that Jeremiah Goins line, who were by all means considered Choctaw Indians and Chickasaw Indians, and um, you know, Mississippi, Choctaw-related, Chickasaw-related families. Um, and the William Goins, excuse me, the William Moses Goins line of Louisiana matched perfectly. So we know that they were direct, direct Y-line relatives. We knew this through documentation already and census and things like that. But that confirmed that those two lines returned as a 
Irish North European haplogroup. Now, the, the separate lines that were tested from Texas were the Simon line and the William Collins line and the Hadley line. Now, we matched perfectly. Block for block, all the way down, we matched 100% between those three basic families of early Texas going families. However, we did not match one another. So, the let me uh, let me correct something. Let me add something here. When I say that the William Moses and the William, or excuse me, the William Moses and the Jeremiah line were of an Irish haplo, meaning that their furthest forefather or came from probably Ireland. Um, it is a haplo that is common among the Irish, among the English, but especially the Irish. Our haplo, the one that came back for William Collins going through the Oscar line, Oscar Goins line, and the Simon Goins line and or Hadley Goins would have been not of Northern European haplo either. Not only did we not match, but we also have a African Angolan haplo group. So that separates the family out. However, if we take it back to Jamestown, which is what we mostly discussed at the Tall Barrett House in Texas recently when we had our Goins Research Reunion, um, we we had a fabulous time. Um, those present were Donna Webb, Blasdell, Gary, or Mishiho, some of you know him as Gabe, Gabe Hart, Marilyn, Agat, Kobriaka, Lorraine Brown, James Ray Johnson, Carl Stringer, and myself, which Carl Stringer is my dad. And um, we had several guests over the days that we were there, and we really, really enjoyed ourselves. And we had some ghost stories afterwards to tell. And we stayed in the first Wildcat um, well to be drilled in Texas. We stayed in his home. His name was Paul Barrett. And and curiously, uh, the lady that... um, is reputed to have haunted the home and who we experienced while we were there uh, was a Thompson and, or excuse me, a Thomas. And um, she was adopted into her family. And so uh, further research needs to be found out if possibly she's even related to us. (laughs) They were in early Texas as well. But taking all of this, you know, back into what we discussed at the Tall Barrett House as far as the DNA went, was it basically understanding that we did not match each other, but we did match each other. We were related through documentation, through familial ties everywhere, and, of course, female lines passing on the Goins name were, were not, um, were fairly confident that that, that occurred several times and probably many more than we know of, um, but that we were separated. And that we talked about um, the Melungeon Goinses who traced their line back to 
Jamestown to a Mayhill, or excuse me, to a John Goins who ha- who married a woman by the name of, of Margaret Cornish. And this is some of Tim Hashaw's work that he has pulled these documents and that we matched the Simon and Hadley and William Collins Goins lines of East Texas matched perfectly to a sweat who was in the line of Robert Sweat who in the 1640s begat an illegitimate child with a Margaret Cornish which set off a a a large um Hold on. Let me, uh, excuse me, please. Um, Let me take a break just for a second and answer a call. Um, Just hold on just for a minute. I'll play a little bit of music. That was Marilyn, and she was calling in. She 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 was wrong about the hour. But let me get back to where I was here. So um, Robert Sweat begat an illegitimate child with a Margaret Cornish, and that set off a chain of events where the man she had been married to, John Gowen, both of these people were in, uh, either slaves and or indentured servants. They were all freed after their terms of indenture. And so when we look at these people as um, black African slaves, I, I can assure you at that time that, that they would not have been freed uh, at the end of an indenture. But, however, um, it could have happened that way, as, as Mr. Heshaw has put out there. But the William Collins-Goins line and the Simon and Hadley line matched the Robert Sweat line. So we were thinking at the time of the meeting at the Tall Barrett House um, that this was a connection of, uh, you know, the illegitimate child of possibly uh, Margaret Cornish. It says that she had a child with with him, and that uh, the Mayhill Goins, uh, or the child she had with John Goins, uh, was taken away from her and, and removed to the household of John Goins for the reason of educating and Christianizing the child. And so that child, um, the Melungeons of Tennessee, um, claimed to be his descendant. And and work their genealogy back thus so and Jack Goins has has pretty much provided 
um, the evidence that that they are the descendants of him. Um, so initially, when we were at the tall parent house, we were thinking that, um, you know, we're we're likely another child of Margaret Cornish because we match the sweat. However, we also had several other matches um, among our DNA exact matches. Um, there was a Perkins. There was a Williams. And the Williams chased that genealogy back to a sweat as well to get back to Gideon's sweat family, which we all know is related to us in other ways, and I'm a descendant of him in other ways uh, among these people known as red bones. Uh, the sweats married in and, and can be traced back to Jamestown as well. We had a match for an exact match for three Warwick or War X. And and this is another well-known mixed blood. Um, I believe they're associated with the Lumbee, but I, I have found little on their genealogy to confirm whether they thought was the, the correct um, line or not. But um, we matched the Perkins. Let me go over these again. We matched the Perkins, a Warwick, Sweat, and we matched a Powell, and we matched, which I, I know the Powells that were um, married, uh, there's there's documentation that some of those were mixed blood Indians as well. And, and I don't know, I, I've never really researched them, and they don't have much genealogy as well. And um, the Sweat, Perkins, Powell, Williams, and Warwick. And, and we were matches for these families. And so... Um, it, it's hard to say um, where the names got changed and what the original name was, but when we get into East Texas, and now this is this is evidences that have been found since the Tall Barrett House on the Williams family, which is is a noted family that has married into many many of the Redbone families, but they weren't a family that we much uh, knew a whole whole lot about. Um, it says here that uh, Marion Day Mullins, and this is from the first census of Texas, um, Marion Day Mullins, I guess he took the census. And I have all of the um, citation here for that. Um, but it says, um, enter Texas, Guillermo Gowen, G-O-E-N, William Gowen, out to the side. Um, in English, I would say that the Spanish Guillermo is William and Goen was their spelling of Goen. And um, enters also Thomas and Mary E. Williams. And that they came into Texas together. Um, I guess they were coming, it says that they weren't sure that they were coming from Tennessee or if they were coming from Georgia, but that they had come, they had migrated into Texas together. Um, so this this family, Thomas and Mary E. Williams, migrated together with William Goins of Nacogdoches, who it says um, on the census, was a, he was a runaway slave. So this may be the original paperwork where we get William Goins of Nacogdoches that says 
he was a runaway slave. I, I don't know if there's proof of that. However, we match this family exactly, and we're following this line as well into Texas. And I'm going to open the mic and, and take some questions um, and see if we have any callers that would like to um, contribute this afternoon. Hold on one second. I've got a 618407 number. Good afternoon. Who is this? Can you hear me? We can. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Good afternoon. Well, good afternoon. This is Gabe Gabehart, and uh, on the six one eight four zero seven number. <clears throat> I've just been sitting here uh, listening, and I uh, really don't have any questions at this point. But uh, okay. perhaps somebody might have a question for me. I represent the uh, South Texas Goins group, her cousins. Right. Okay, good. Thank you, Gabe. And, and I'm glad that you made it home safe and sound. Um, when did you get home, Gabe? Tuesday? Yeah, I was, I was back uh, last Tuesday. It's a long trip. Great. I talked with Harvey Morris in Oklahoma for a bit and uh, picked up some more interesting uh, stories for our uh, back of the book section. Great. Good deal. Yes, I saw where he posted some interesting documents up there on the early Republic of Texas, which he is a, a fabulous researcher on. Um, I know he's produced uh, a lot of stuff for us to um for the Texas Revolution and those kind of things. I'm going to open the mic also to a 580 and see if they have any questions for you or I today. It's very confusing with all of these Williams um, that we've learned. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. I have a five eight zero three two zero number. I don't have any questions. I'm just listening. Okay. Well, I will put you back on mute. Thank you for joining us today. Okay. And so, what I was going to elaborate on a little bit more, if we don't have any questions at this time, is that. Um, you know, we're following the DNA trail. The DNA trail is, is absolutely uh, left us some breadcrumbs to follow here. Um, of course, Gabe, and I've got, still got your mic open, Gabe. Of course, throughout the years of, you know, that we, we've always known that the Melungeons were attached to us and that our families, you know, at one point or another were were together and and married into one another, and I would assume I I, I think by these um, DNA uh, discoveries of that we match and we don't match. Some people are questioning that whether we're related or not, and we are still related. It's just that DNA wise, because of the struggles of these families, and of course during the time of this Williams entering into um, Texas with William Goins uh, of Nacogdoches uh, and then carrying the Williams names down among our family, especially um, my uh, Thomas Goins, 
um, you know, named all of his children, 12 boys, William. Uh, we've not located all of them, but I think with the Williams children crossover that we may have found uh, some of those children. Now, these Williams uh, people, uh, family, according to Floyd Smith, Thomas Williams will dated July 16th, 18th. 1834 and codicil of June 5th, 1835 is currently in the Nacogdoches archives. Um, also, his information on Thomas Williams' family came from family descendants and that they knew that Thomas Williams had another son named Thomas or that they suspected that he did, but that they never knew the truth. Um, they were actually um, working for um, the Mexican government, um, they were agents among the Cherokees for the Mexican government. And so they were actually kind of, then they, they appeared to be on the side of Sam Houston. And, of course, we know that William Goins of Nacogdoches also served as an Indian agent among the Cherokees there in Texas who were old settlers, Cherokee old settlers from Georgia, who had, uh, I suppose that they said it was after a tribal dispute that Chief Bowles left and went into Missouri, which was later Arkansas. And this um, Williams family seems to as well come from um, from this this Chief Bowles uh, group, and then they move into Rusk, Texas, um, which later we know. Um, was was the Mount Tabor community, and of course this family also has ties to the Davis family, who were uh, counted among the Rust settlement, or who who actually I think settled the the Rust settlement, and um, that you know these families uh, maybe perhaps there was a an illegitimacy among the family or um, some of the children quite possibly could have been orphaned and and were taken in by by the Goins family and raised or by the Williams family and raised. I'm just uh, not sure. We'll just have to work out the genealogy. Um, but it's quite interesting as well that the... Jeremiah Goins line and the William Moses line that matched from Louisiana and of course Jeremiah line comes right into East Texas as well and then into South Texas so um, following one another you know it would appear together pretty much uh, moving and migrating with the Indians um, you know they're also saying that this William Moses line that matched our line exactly who married Louisiana Hoosier, they are progenating parents or foreparents of many of the Indiana's Caramel Indians. And so we just keep solidifying our Native American ties. And, uh, of course, Gabe, you're Chickasaw Indian, and so... um, you know, you might explain some of those Jeremiah uh, ties to the Choctaws. Well, Jeremiah, I'm going to back up way back here. Uh, Jeremiah came from Choctaw 
Monroe, Mississippi. And uh, his children used to refer to him as being from Mississippi. But that was after Choctaw, Mississippi became a territory of Mississippi and finally a state of Mississippi. That's as far back as I've been able to go so far with uh, Jeremiah. And uh, so Jeremiah has always carried a Choctaw line uh, right into, uh, he was related to the uh, Black River Band of uh, Choctaw, and some of those folks uh, split up and went to Oklahoma. And uh, Jeremiah's group of people uh, went into Texas. Now, his children, by deposition, all state that he was a Choctaw Indian. Of course, they uh, they want to state uh, half-blood, full-blood, three-quarter blood. It just roams around there from one deposition to the next, but that's not unusual. I've seen that often before. No one really had an idea. And uh, the uh, people that he dealt with there in Texas, the... Uh, the uh, municipalities and what have you knew him to be a Choctaw Indian, and he did a lot of uh, a lot of uh, translations for Choctaw Indians. And so we can uh, relatively be assured that uh, he was indeed a Choctaw Indian. Now his sons went to Oklahoma early on. And uh, one group, Robert, uh, wanted to get on the Choctaw Rolls, and uh, they filed with the uh, Dawes Commission, and the Dawes Commission put them on the Choctaw Rolls. However, uh, the uh, Choctaw Citizenship Courts decided that the uh, federal government did not have a right to put them on the rolls because they had an agreement with the uh, Indian nations that that would be done by the Indian nations themselves. And so it was found uh, in the end that the uh, U.S. Supreme Court did not have jurisdiction. And uh, they were taken off of the uh, Dawes Rolls by the uh, Curtis Act that came along about four years later. And uh, they tried to get back on the rolls and uh, were unable to get back on the rolls. And they kind of thought that out here and there. I think looking at some of those depositions from the uh, court records and uh, some of the uh, the uh, interrogations that the Choctaw people thought they were either white people or they were black people and uh, didn't want to give them, uh, didn't want to, put them on the uh, Chickasaw Rolls. And, of course, they fought tooth and nail with the uh, Choctaw Nation, and the Choctaw Nation fought back tooth and nail, and uh, the Goins uh, did lose. Now, the uh, the way this turns out, the, uh, the Goins were not allowed on the Rolls because they had not been in the Choctaw Nation early on and had not lived as Choctaws. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't claim Choctaw blood. You just can't be on the Choctaw rolls and be a member of their uh, organization. The uh, the uh, Nancy Alzina Goins, who was the daughter 
of Ransom, and who was the great-granddaughter of uh, Jeremiah Goins, uh, married Charlie Thomas, who was a Chickasaw Indian who was on the Dawes Rolls. And uh, they seemed to have kept their head down and were very quiet about all of that, and uh, they retained uh, the citizenship. And that's where I pick up my citizenship. That was my great-grandmother, Nancy Alzina Goins. Um, Correct. Let me see if there's something else here that I need to add to that. Well, we'll just go ahead and, and if you've got a question, we'll. Uh, well, um, I will. I was going to go ahead and introduce Marilyn, and she's on the line with me because um, she she had her mtDNA done, and she was her mother was a going. So, Marilyn, are you there? Yes, I am. Okay, can you talk to us about your matches in your going mother? Of course, it follows the mother to mother to mother, and so your your mother was a going, but her mother was another another surname. So, could you could you talk to us about that? And your also, I would like for you to also tell the story about the 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 baby that came to Louisiana from supposedly a Indian okay thank you okay oh okay now I I'm not the one who talked to you about the baby coming oh you talking about the babies found in the cave no I was talking about the baby uh that they said they went to Texas and got her off of a reservation and brought her back. Oh, 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 okay. Uh, all right. Uh, that is actually uh, a Garner uh, girl that married into, um, okay, my my second great-grandmother is uh, Fanny Goins, daughter of James and Elizabeth Perkins Goins, and she had a son named Oliver and uh, with her Perkins husband. And uh, he married a girl, uh, her name was uh, Sarah Borner, and she had a sister named Nancy that married his half-brother. And uh, it has been told in the family that he actually met her in Texas and that she was on a reservation there. And he brought her back to Louisiana and married her, you know, married her and brought her back to Louisiana. I see Yes. Now, what I really think happened is, is her father, Samuel Barner, was in one of those um, big red bone fight things that went on. Um, I'm not for sure which one it was, but it happened around 1850. <laughs> and he had to leave Louisiana, and he took his family with him. He was married to a Johnson woman. And he took his family out and went over to Texas. And I think what happened is, is he, you know, went to one of the Indian communities there and did his hiding out. And so, therefore, his daughters were raised over there and then got back again with friends from Louisiana. And so Mm -hmm. Olive married her and brought her back to Louisiana. And then his half-brother, 
who was Valentine Garfield Nelson, married uh, Nancy Borner, and that was Sarah's sister. So that's our connection to the Borners, which Lorraine uh, Brown, who's in our discussion today, she uh, is connected to the Borners also. Uh, now, to the DNA stuff, um, when I did my MTDNA, um, I was looking to, I'm trying to break the brick wall past my Wilson grandmother. Uh, her name was Serena Wilson, and she married Aaron Dial. And um, when I got my results back, I had an exact match to a lady named Virginia White Killer that lives in the Tahlequah Nation. Um, she was a, a member of the Tahlequah Nation over there. So, uh, I mean, I'm sure that we are connected. We were always told in our family that we were connected to the Cherokee line. And uh, Jeremiah's line uh, that Gabe has, and then my line, which is from uh, William Moses, is exact DNA matches. We're the only two Goins families that are exact matches out of all of our group of people that we know we're kin to. Um, so you know we're we're we've got a little mystery going on here about how can we be different and match and the other ones not match, but yet we know that we are all kin through uh, family connections and family oral history and um, close proximity. They would live next door to each other and things of that sort. So we know that we're all connected. We just don't know why we are not matching up in the DNA area. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know that there's been some thoughts of maybe some female uh, lines are there uh, and family adoptions, um, you know, which is possible. Or maybe um, one of the Goins men married a woman that had children from a former marriage and they just took his name and, you know, continued on. Correct. Uh, in fact, uh, you know, we uh, Stacy, you and I have discussed that possibility over the Nancy Johnson and uh, Thomas going line that maybe a couple of the boys there uh, that was in their family was already hers, and because it's those lines that we're not matching, and we you know we can't figure out why, and. Um, Well, we were very fortunate to have one another to not match because we know we match, match, match up until the Sabine River. <laughs> and yeah. when we cross the Sabine River, we don't match anymore. What happens? <laughs> wow. So actually, you know, it was fortunate because we are discovering so much on the Williams family. You uh, subsequently also used the Gowen's name. Uh, interchangeably among the original men to Texas. And I think in my heart kind of that when they crossed over into Spanish land with William Goins of Nacogdoches, because by all accounts, he was obviously a lot darker than some of us. And, And possibly they wanted to distance themselves. But the connection is Chief Bull's people, the Cherokee, because we have the Fields family married into us. These Williams were in Missouri and later Arkansas. We have birth in the Goins family 
that says Hadley was born in Arkansas. My grandmother's name was Missouri. And then you come along, William Collins names one of his sons Looney, which John Looney was a short-term chief of the old settlers, old Cherokee settlers uh, with Chief Bold. And so the, the connections are all there. It's just something happened in that generation concerning uh, Nancy Johnson. Um, she, I am almost positive that she was married to John Goins first and then to Thomas Goins, who died in, in 1826 and is buried in Lafayette Parish. Is that right? Lafayette Parish. Um, and and he had a son, uh, Thomas D. I believe, I believe that was his son. Um, but I don't believe that uh, Thomas, uh, our Thomas, was actually his son or Stephen, for that matter. Stephen and Thomas obviously don't match. So they have to be the ones that that generation that the Williams kind of got, which would be the period era for them coming into Rust, you know, from our, from, and they thought that they were originally from Tennessee, which kind of makes sense with your DNA as well, because I think a lot of your uh, DNA went back, your MT DNA uh, went back to Tennessee and Kentucky uh, through the Doyles and Dials. Is that correct? Tell us more about, tell us more, Marilyn, about your match to the wings and um, because some people out there among the Melungeons may recognize some of these. There was a Hall and a Wilson and a Doyle and a Hill and... Uh, Yes. Elizabeth Hill was my, well, I've actually got her twice. Uh, uh, as a grandmother, and I think one in one generation she's like my third, and then maybe the other one she's my fourth. Uh, uh, Not my really. Uh, uh, yeah, most of my grandparents or my grandparents twice. <laughs> yes, mine as well. Mine as well. Uh, uh, Elizabeth Hill, who lived to be 103 years old, and she uh, we have record of her because she sued her sons in Opelousas, uh Courthouse for support because she was too old to work. She could no longer work. Uh, I am happy to say that my grandfather, out of her three sons, uh, was the one who was supporting her. (laughs) Thank goodness for that. Uh, But uh, anyways, Elizabeth Hill, and then she was married to uh, James Dow. And uh, I'm not even sure if James made it to Louisiana. It may be that he had already died over in the Carolinas, and she came with her. Uh, sons. Uh, her daughter, Cassia uh, Dial, is also one of my grandmothers, and she was married to uh, James Ashworth. Uh, so I've got Ashworths in my family also, um, and we just keep we just keep tying up with uh, Perkins and the same names over and over again in our families, and that includes yours too. The same names just keep intermarrying, and, and that shows to me that they were a clannish people. Um, they stayed very in tribal. That's very tribal. And married within their groups. And uh, with my MTDNA match with Virginia Whitekiller, uh, she gave me her, um, her, her tree, 
because we're both trying to work on finding what our link is since we are exact matches, which means that we should be sharing a grandmother back there somewhere. Well, she is from, her hers goes back to the Tennessee, Kentucky area, and mine does too. And we talked before on uh, another radio show that uh, she had a grandmother that married a Perkins that came to Louisiana. Uh, she tried to leave the Perkins man because I guess he was abusive, and she got on the wagon train to go back to Kentucky, and a night or two out on the trail, she disappeared, and two of her children were taken back up there and raised by an Anderson. If you look over in Texas on the censuses, you'll find a lot of Perkins and Andersons uh, living near each other and married into each other. Um, and so, and, yeah. and that's to be a continuation of what was going on up in the Tennessee, Kentucky area of that clan of Perkins and uh, related names up there. So anyway, she gives me her tree, and I proceed to go through looking at it. And also in her tree is a family called Wing, W-I-N-G. And it just so happens that when I got a copy of the Goins lawsuit, um, which was over James Goins' original land grant uh, on the Bayou Shoe Peak in Louisiana, uh, that's getting close to like Sulphur, Lake Charles, that area there, um, in the 1890s, one of his granddaughters filed a suit because there was some people squattering on the land. And lo and behold, the woman's name that was uh, in the lawsuit it was named Josephine Wing, and I traced her back to Kentucky. So, and that's where that Virginia's wings uh, come from. So I'm like, okay, here's a wing in her lineage, and then here's a wing down here squatting on the Goins land. So I figured there was some kind of connection, you know, there. Right. Uh, Now, she nor I, either one, have been able to come up and break that brick wall down off of my my Serena Wilson and her, the Perkins grandmother, that, you know, she doesn't know her first name, so and it's before uh, the names were put on the census records and things like that. So I don't know if we'll ever solve that that mystery, but we do know that we are con- connected, and people even say they think we look alike. <laughs> um, yes. Now, another thing about my DNA is, is today I was um, going in and putting the, the markers off of the William Moses line, and I went and put it into the family tree DNA site, and... We have always been told that we were Irish, Irish and Cherokee. And today when I put those DNA markers in, there's an exact match. One is named McDonough in Ireland, and the other one's name is Moon in England. So, you know, we've always been told Irish. I don't know how the Irish got got here. I don't know how did we got you know, end with that because I know that the Perkins were here on the Mayflower. Um, I mean, it seems that all of our families were right in the very beginning, in the 1600s and early 1700s. They were already here, and so when this Irishman came over and and got here and joined the families, I do not know. Um, but uh, Mr. Mac Goins owns a violin that is supposed to have been brought from Ireland 
by our original ancestor, who is supposed to be named William. William is a reoccurring name in my goings line of family. Almost every generation has a William, and it also went over into the into the Perkins branch because three of my uh, well, my grandmother, uh, my second great grandmother Fanny Goins, her sister Melina, and her brother Aaron all married Perkins. In fact, they married Perkins brothers and sisters. So we've got three Goins married to three Perkins siblings. Oh, well, that the Perkins. I have five connections to the Perkins. Three of them are through male lines, and two of them are through female lines that I, you know, I go to a certain Perkins grandmother, and I can't fit her into uh, any of the male lines. But those male lines of this Perkins um, came back as well, uh, Angolan. Or no, I'm, yes, that's right, Angolan. Yeah, Angolan. So um, the story of Margaret Cornish having a child with a Richard Perkins from England could not possibly be our Perkins because he has a English-Irish hapo, you see? Yeah. So some way we picked up that name, you know, and they match us goings is over here. Uh, It's just a jumbled mess, and I think that the only way that we're going to work it all out is to work together like we're doing for this goings book and keep putting these these Perkins and that match us and that we're related to and we descend from. Someone's going out there is going to have a a clue or a piece of information that's going to help us with those Perkins. Um, They were quite a large family, obviously, and quite mixed blood. You know, of course, um, that line of going or that line of Perkins had several lawsuits um, claiming Portuguese heritage. And if you look at the Portuguese heritage of, you know, a similato type people, um, it, it doesn't surprise me that you show up with an Angolan uh, marker with a high India, you know, mixture from Goa because the Angolans were uh, taken to Goa of India uh, for centuries and Christianized and mixed and colonized with the Goans. Uh, who are in, from India, Goa, India, which I think, you know, this is just a theory that I'm throwing out there, but because, I, I mean, if you look at an Angolan uh, haplo with a lot of these red bone wide DNA lines, they're, they claim to be Portuguese, which would make sense if they were Angolans who had been removed to Goa for many centuries and then were being brought here as slaves or what have you, um, they would initially say whenever they got off the boat, who are you? We are Portuguese Goans. We are Portuguese people from Goa. 
we are going. Otherwise, how did they get an Irish surname in Jamestown 1640? It's, it's absolutely this this theory that all of these Angolan um, Goins, you know, through the Jack Goins DNA um, search or, I mean, you know, his study or what have you, and all they determined was that all of these people, all of these men were from Angola and they married white women. Okay, well, disregarding 250 years of claiming we are Portuguese, uh, Goa from Goa, Goan, um, and and claiming that we were taken off of the shores of Angola, you know, was stolen by the the Portuguese and then uh, taken uh, by this pirate guy and brought into Jamestown and sold as black African slaves, who everyone was then freed after a certain amount of time, is preposterous. It's absolutely, you cannot tell someone's ethnic, ethnicity from their haplogroup. Um, that haplogroup is tens of thousands of years old. Um, it could have been any amount of mixture after Angola, their origin. And so I think that setting the record straight, like what we're doing here with the Goins family and, and uncovering uh, things that could have happened off of these shores. Those, those men were quite mixed before they arrived here. Portugal colonized all over the world, and especially India, and we have such high India results. You know, initially we were thinking gypsy, and, and that's true. There could be some gypsy there with the Mitchell family because we find that gypsy DNA in the Moa Choctaw, that Ash, A-S-H, surname, uh, MTDNA was found among the Moa Choctaw from a Mitchell who was a gypsy. But if you consider that an Afro, an Afro-Romani type mixture of people might have been sold as indentured servants in Jamestown and not actually slave elements from Africa, it makes a lot more sense. I mean, I can't, I can't sit here and believe that they would allow a black man. They said, Tim Hashaw says that that um, John Goins, after he got the child back from the Cornish woman and the sweat man, that he he married a white woman and had a large family. I I can't believe that 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 would have been allowed to take place in that era. What's your thoughts on that? Well, I feel exactly the same way. Um, there's a difference between indentured servants and slaves. And from what I have studied, uh, our people have always been classified as the free persons of color. Um, and that could be because of any kind of mix. It can be mm-hmm. it can be Indian. It can be you know, any of the dark-skinned, uh, even Latino, uh, any of those races that have a darkness in their skin uh, mm-hmm. could be classified as three persons of color. It mm-hmm. did not necessarily mean that it was black African. Also, too, from what I'm understanding, some of the DNA results are coming back that it's Africa North, 
which is yes. your Mediterranean country. Right. Well, which that's right. Yeah. I like the necessarily uh, black skin. They're brown skins. Mm-hmm. Of course. Well, and the Nash family, and I know that a lot of people threw up their arms and and were so angry and rejective of the original DNA findings for the Nash family of East Texas and Louisiana that it was the Bantu region of Africa. But, however, you must understand, just because you're from Africa, Bantu region of Africa was the Bantu was an expansion. It was a a people of expansion of agriculture, and they moved north, and they are considered, you know, Tunisian, Italian, Egyptian, anything on that Mediterranean rim. And I know Gabe has talked about it, but that's exactly now the the Ashworths who have been, you know, accused of everything in the book um, of, as far as color goes. Um, as well as the Perkinses and, and those, they came back, uh, the Ashworths came back as Turks, as a North African, um, as well as the Nashes did. And so, go ahead, Gabe. Hello. Go ahead, Gabe. Did you have a question? Did you have a question? Oh, I thought that you had a comment. I apologize uh, about the African North. You know, um, I know that you have talked about the African North quite a bit, and um, people are confusing, um, you know, black African slave element with um, some of the other colors of our, you know, human rainbow here. Uh, And because uh, I, I I strongly suspect that the Jack Goins um, DNA study that that they came down with, we did not match any of them, by the way. I, I want to make specifically clear, even though uh, the East Texas Goins came back with a, um, an EVA 38 uh, with a M2 SMT, um, does not necessarily... We did not match any of the Melungeon goings. We did not match any. We did not match any of them. You guys with an Irish half load did not match any of them that I know of. Right. The uh, thing so that uh, to me <laughs> the way that uh, ancestry explains it is that. Um, my DNA came back as a, a very small percent, probably about uh, 2%, I don't have the document in front of me, of uh, Africa North, which they explain was the uh, what they call the Maghreb or the Mediterranean Rim, which is Portugal, Italy, Spain, uh, France, uh, Egypt, Tunisia, Libya, uh, all those places, and uh, which just leaves me scratching my head for for one reason because of the research of uh, Jack Goins, and uh, for another, uh, it doesn't explain anything to me really. It just says that uh, you know I have DNA that is found 
in those areas. Uh, it doesn't make you a, a Frenchman. It doesn't make you a Spaniard. Uh, it just says that uh, there is DNA found in those areas that uh, matches your DNA. Um, well, that's about all I well, can say. Well, yeah, the overwhelming DNA among the red bone people is is of that same nature. But it's we've got strong, strong hits in the um, uh, from India. Um, you know, we're hitting North India, East India, West India, South India, which I think is probably um, a contribution from the Goa, you know, and the Angolan mix. Uh, assimilado is what the Portuguese called them. They called them their assimilados, and they had a place in their society, and they were, um, you know, used as chattel um, by the elitists of Spain and Portugal at their whim and request, and uh, I'm sure they had a boatload of them. They were moving to sell them. At that point in 1640, uh, the Portuguese were experiencing a terrible decline in agriculture. They had no workers. And so I'm, I'm almost of the opinion that this boat that was taken by Pirate Guy, um, the name of the boat was San Baptiste, Baptiste or something like that, and I looked the boat up. Um, but they were Christianized um, a mixture of in, uh, India Indians and uh, black Africans, you know, that they had taken or stolen and, and for many generations had reproduced with the population of Goa, India. And um, there's just no way that they would have freed those people, but I could be wrong, and someone may correct me and say I'm wrong, that they could have freed a black African slave, but I just can't see it. Also on that uh, DNA report that I got back, it uh, indicates that I had about 12% uh, North American Indian, and uh, the rest of it was uh, English and uh, Irish. And uh, Mm -hmm. then, uh, what was I going to say? I lost my train of thought here. Oh, another thing I wanted to bring up, the the English could have come, of course, from the Drake line uh, that uh, that I also am a part of. And uh, the the Drake's, Rosalie Aberthur, was said to be related to Pocahontas. Now, I don't think that means literally related to Pocahontas. I think that that means that uh, she was related to the tribe that Pocahontas came from. And the majority of that tribe were Algonquin members or Algonquin Indians. And so I think that uh, that's where, of course, uh, John Aaron Drake Jr. picked up his uh, Indian mulatto designation that had to be resolved before he could marry Rosalie Absher. And uh, but she's also known as a Virginia Indian, and here again, Virginia Indians were mostly Algonquin, not Choctaw. 
Correct. I, I agree that that the majority of these families are uh, Native American Indian related throughout their history, and this is what I said. I mean, we we document our families among uh, the Algonquins, the Pamunkeys, the Saponis, the Osanichis, the Chiriwas, the Choctaws, the Chowans, the Moas. I mean, you know, Cachadas. Uh, Pacana, you know, right there. And so, um, you know, I still consider the comments that our families made about us in Texas and Louisiana, and it was our our Native American family in Oklahoma, you know, put on reservations, called us the ones who got away. And I think that that is basically where where we're standing from, you know, as far as as our relationship with them, and uh, I, I just uh, I think it's a very telling comment that I mean up until my grandfather's era, they were going back to Oklahoma, and my grandfather died G U I D E Nash, um, went to Oklahoma as a young man and was put in a sweat lodge because he had TB, and he says they cured him. You know, and and he would go back every year and visit his family there. Uh, so it's just been in the last few generations that we've lost that contact. Yeah. Tell us about that, Marilyn. I said our family has lost that contact also. Uh, we yeah. know that James and Sun were brothers, and Gibson's family went on to Oklahoma. Uh, James got killed over there in uh, at the Mayhew Mission, and he was supposed to be uh, actually working, I guess, in a way for the government, trying to get the Indians to go ahead and move. I believe it's because he was a far-sighted individual and knew that if they did not go, uh, that you know they would be probably wiped out, uh, and he lost his life over that. Um, I'm not sure if it was the white side that killed him or the Indian side that killed him, but I do understand they had an uprising there um, because they were upset about being told they had to move out. Um, And then what happened then is our family actually tried to go ahead and assimilate white. Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They did go, uh, they stayed in the in the um, southwest Louisiana area uh, in what became Orgard Parish and what became Vernon Parish is where uh, most of James and Elizabeth Perkins Goins' descendants uh, stayed. Uh, They did interact with some of our Texas um, people, uh, mainly the Dials and the Perkins. I don't know that they kept up contact with Jeremiah's line, uh, that Gabe is from. I don't know if they did or not, but I do know that they kept ties with um, the branches from uh, the the Thomas and Nancy Johnson uh, line. Right. Now the strange thing about that is, is we that's the set of people see that we know we're kin to because we sometimes they live right next door. Um, they interacted with the family. Um, uh, one of them, Stephen, uh, he married uh, Edith Perkins. 
who was kin to uh, my Elizabeth and her children. Um, and so, I mean, we know that we are all connected to those folks, and that seems to be the ones that we did keep contact with through the years because uh, the, the uh, all the Williams that we talked about earlier, uh, Delilah Nash and uh, Thomas uh, Bowen, their sons that were all named William, uh, I know that we were connected to them and your, your Aunt Cena that you talk about, we were connected to her uh, because parts of that family still uh, visited with my people as late as in the 50s and 60s, in the 1950s and 1960s. They were still interacting and coming around. Uh, I don't have any memory of them, but um, uh, I wasn't born until 1953, so I don't have any memory of them coming around. But I've had um, uh, friends and relatives that still live in the senior area that had told me, hey, those those people are kin to you. They used to come and see uh, oh, yes, absolutely. and great-grandfather. So... Uh, you know, and then the strange thing is, is whenever I went to see uh, Matt Goins, who is from William Moses' line, uh, I've got two second great-grandparents, and William Moses was their brother. And I go up to Matt Goins, and I say, would you do this DNA for us, which is matched Gage's line through the Jeremiah over there. They were exact block for block, for block matches. And he looked at me, and he said, but now we're not going to match that, Nancy, and... Uh, Thomas Goins line. And I oh my God. How did he know that? <laughs> exactly. exactly. Now we know too that they're connected. Now that's how that we're connected to the William Goins of Nacogdoches because it's some of those that was named in William Goins of Nacogdoches' will. Right. It there that he had a violin. And then, lo and behold, who, who has this violin from 1715, but but Matt Goins out of the William Moses line. Um, right. I really believe that that's it. I, I just can't see, uh, you know, it not being that one. Uh, with it being uh, as old as that, and the story is that it came from Ireland with our first William that came. So uh, I believe that story. <laughs> I believe I believe that story, and I I believe that William Goins of Nacogdoches some way ended up with that violin, and um, I think it got returned back to the proper family because, like as in Max's comment, he they already knew we weren't going to match, so somebody had to know along the way that we weren't actually Goinses, that we were Williams, and like uh, you know, things get lost in the family, but. Uh, sometimes some nasty rumors remain, and we dealt with this week uh, in uh, the Goins newsletter written by Arlie Goins, who is now recently deceased. Um, there was some comments made by a chitty woman, and I don't mean that literally chitty, C-H-I-T-T-Y. Um, she was a Martin <clears throat> And she claimed to be a descendant of the Goins family, and I don't doubt it because I know we are related to the Martins and the Chitties as well. But um, she claimed that there was a rumor that Oscar Goins 
was an illegitimate child some way of William Collins Goins. And uh, when we tested the DNA between the William Collins sons, one was Simon tested, his line tested, and the um, William, or excuse me, the Oscar line tested, they matched block for block for block. So we know they were full brothers from William Collins. So there was no illegitimacy among William Collins and someone. And and we do know that the William Collins, along with all of his eight brothers, seven brothers that we've located, were all named William something. Then we matched the Williams uh, who entered Texas with William Goins, uh DNA perfectly block for block for block. So uh, there reconfirms our relationship beyond the estate records where it mentions that violin. So I, I think that that's probably what happened and why he knew that. You know, must have been passed down. I wish he could recall, you know, where he heard that from. I also have to add, I also need to add that I found another William and Ashworth connection. Um, today, my dad walked in the office and um, his grandfather Stringer, which we knew Texana Williams, who married Stephen Nash and had a set of children, her children with a William Williams from her same line. They must have been cousins or something. Um, we know they they married in on that end, okay? But then my dad comes in and says, well, her daughter, Texana Williams, married a stringer. And my dad comes into the office today and says, well, you know, Doc Willis Stringer, after which is his grandfather, after he abandoned his children there at Burke, Texas, um, Angelina County, he took off and he, I mean, he just, after his wife passed away, he literally just took off and left these boys and a small baby named Ruth Stringer. And it ended up that the Parker and the Stevens family came and got Ruth and raised her. Um, but the boys pretty much raised them her own self when not to reappear just a few, maybe um, six or eight years later with a whole family by an, uh, from another woman. They were Williams. <laughs> I, 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 can, I can just, well, she was married to a William Williams, and she had a set of children, and her in-laws, her William, chases back to an Ashworth. So her children's grandfather was a Williams and an Ashworth. Viana, I believe it was. Was that right, Marilyn? Uh, yeah. So um, there was a comment always made, uh, my dad recalled at the time, about his father, who was Leonard Stringer, and now you have to realize that the Nash family basically raised the Stringer boys because they just lived just right next door to each other. 
uh, there in Burke on Stringer Road uh, in Angelina County. They, uh, after Doc Willis Stringer took off and left those boys and Karina had passed away, um, they pretty much fed them or did the best they could to help the boys because it was a bad time in and not only in America, but, you know, and not only their family, but in America, it was the Depression. And the boys ended up eating hickory nuts and things like that, nearly starved to death if it wasn't for the Nash family. Well, the Nash, three Nash girls from that family married three Stringer boys. So we are very much interrelated, again, on that same side. But you find out that we connect back through that Williams. All of those children that Doc brought in from the Williams man went by Stringer. They just adopted the Stringer name, or some of them did, as far as my father recalled. And my grandfather, Leonard Stringer, would always say, those darn Williams. Well, (laughs) I think it's become uh, quite clear that the Williams family were quite prolific and and have a lot of children around that uh, were obviously interrelated with us because that Williams line married into uh, some berries, but when you look at their genealogy above the Texas Williams, they go actually chase their genealogy to a sweat, to Gideon sweat. So that was so confusing. <laughs> yeah, they all did. And and this is very tribal, you know, among families who are tribal, they marry one another. Uh, that is nothing unusual, but it's unusual for the white perception of, you know, of family. And it's not something that the white people um, pretty much did a lot of. And I think there's two qualifications to uh, when an ethnologist, or, or two of the qualifications, when an ethnologist looks at uh, people or a group of people interrelated, uh, you know, their their standard that they go by for being tribal, considered tribal, is intermarriage and migration. And so we have both of those. We have families, the Bass family, the Perkins family, the Sweat um the Goinses all come from Jamestown all the way to Texas together. So that's a, a lot of years together, you know. So there we have migration and intermarriage, which would, con- you know, an ethnologist would consider tribal. And that's just amazing to me. It absolutely is amazing. I mean, DNA has really, I know it's confused the situation in some cases, but further digging and, and looking into the clues like we have lately and uh, sharing with one another and and look, are, do we match? Do we not match? I, I think that more groups are going to spring up for some of these other families like the Perkinses, you know, and start DNA matching and see, do we match? Do we not match? Uh, what does it look like? You know, and coordinate those DNA efforts and, and then bring the genealogy in and try to figure out on what level did this happen and and those kinds of things. And our families went through a lot over their color, and uh, they went through a lot of trials and tribulations and migrations, and then you have the Trail of Tears and 
Um, we know that my, well, my grandmother Stringer walked the Trail of Tears and then ran back to Texas, and she was Cherokee. The Nash family signed the Old Cherokee Settlers Act, which was just a, a treaty, which was just a treaty for land because these people had left early. They, like you said earlier, they had enough um, understanding of the white ways because they were mixed blood that they were going to be forced out soon. And if they, they, they just went on and left anyway. And so they were repaid for their Indian land back in Mississippi. Uh, this is why Benjamin Nash uh, signed the uh, Old Settlers Treaty Act and was given you know, um, some money for his land that he originally owned before they left Mississippi. Um, And they were Cherokee, and they applied as late as 1896. Uh, The families applied to the Cherokee Nation for recognition. Part of them went to Oklahoma and settled on the reservation and were considered Cherokee and enrolled. And the same other part of the family decided, no, don't think we're going to do that. Uh, those guys up there are starving to death and we settled here in Texas and and like you said they became as white as they could possibly get and uh, tried to deal with it but the interrelatedness of these families from Jamestown to Republic of Texas is a phenomenal um, finding you know phenomenal now our, our challenge now is to get the genealogy together with the DNA, and and that will be our quest. But um, thank you all for being here today, and I think we'll close out if we don't have any questions. And you can always write to us um, through Back in Time at www.backintime.biz. Um, we have we are up on Facebook. We have a presence on Facebook, and we're always looking for family connections and. If you would like to call us or get in touch with us and uh, let us know about your families, we would love to hear from you. Um, Thank you, Gabe and Marilyn, for coming. And I believe Lorraine was going to be here today and and possibly James Ray, who fell and broke his hip since we left the Tall Barrett house. I hope he's recovering well uh, and that maybe he was able to listen in. If not, you can listen in to the archived version uh, at your leisure at Blog Talk Radio. And um, any final words from anybody? Go ahead, Marilyn or Gabe. Well, one thing I was going to say is, is we did have uh, a kind of an exciting find this past week. Uh, I'm in touch with someone that says there is still a descendant from uh, the Steve and Edith Perkins line, uh, the Steve Gold and Edith Perkins line that's still living. He's over 100 years old, and uh, I'm going to Louisiana this summer, and uh, the last that she knew of, he was still uh, mentally uh, stable, and I'm going to try to visit him and see what he, he may be a treasure. Uh, that would be fabulous, Marilyn. That is exciting. If we could get a, a DNA sample, if he's willing and, and capable, we surely would like to have that. Yes, we would. I feel the more DNA we get, the better chance we have of of finding out what we need to know. Absolutely. Go ahead, Gabe. Well, 
I might add here that uh, aside from uh, from groups of people messing around with each other, you've got to count the uh, the wars that this country has had internally. You've got to uh, count the uh, the uh, diseases and what have you that have uh, flown around this country and wiped out uh, portions of uh, families. Uh, where the uh, children were taken on by other families or other members of the family. And uh, you've got the Revolutionary War. You've got the Civil War. There's a lot of things to consider here when you're studying uh, genealogy. And uh, But I just wanted to put that uh, to make a point of that. Absolutely. And um, sometimes uh, gossip... And and things that get passed on as as hushed secrets uh, lose generations, and and it may not be truth, but there it may not be true, but there could be truth within it. And so we found out, you know, recently that that can also be true. If everybody's ready, thanks for being here, guys. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you for joining us today at BackInTime.biz on Blog Talk Radio. See you at the next episode.